yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man, I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, she's tired. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Talkin they about. compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah. And who the ball? So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes, and pay attention, boy. cause he gon' teach a This is Dr. Bills inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike should be joining us shortly. We'll probably get him into the second segment after we take our first break and see what his thoughts are as we get into the poll rankings and things of that nature. But in this first segment, we'll give you some news updates and players of the week. Go through it for the Swag Miag football, and we'll show some love for volleyball as well. So welcome to episode 436 of Inside the HBC Sports Live Radio Show and Podcast. The show is covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBCU sports. For institutions large and small from the NAIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture. HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports. We simply call it HBCU sports pedagogy for short. I'm your host, Dr. Yadavid, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Coming from our home studios and sending a signal live to KCH 12:30 AM studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer, multi Hall of Famer Ralph Cooper in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. Today's episode of Inside the HBC Sports Lab is sponsored by THE Agency. THE Agency is a company that provides sporting and educational consulting and data analytics. With that being said, Charles, how are you doing today? Doing well, Doc. Doing well. We had some great games this past weekend. Looking forward to some uh, more exciting games this upcoming weekend. Uh, we're in the thick of it now. Late September going into October. Uh, the week will start to separate from the shaft, if you will. So. Yeah, you sound you sound like myself, as if uh, y'all excited in regards to Chapter 4 being closed, finished that chapter. Now it's time to turn the page into Chapter 5. So we get into week number five. With that being said, let's get into some of our players of the week. What do you sure think? Let's start with the swag. We got Bulldogs, Panthers, and Tigers all representing uh, this week. Southwestern Athletic Conference is named Alabama A&M's Quincy Casey and Zarian Hayes, along with Prairie View A&M's Guillermo Rodriguez and Jackson State's Irv Mulligan as his swag football players of the week for their impressive performances this past weekend. Let's take a look at the offensive player of the week, Quincy Casey. Completed 81% of his passes and threw for 328 yards to go along with three touchdowns in front of a national television audience on Thursday night. His efforts helped lead the Bulldogs to a 31-24 win over UAPB. On the defensive side of the ball, Alabama A&M again, Zarian Hayes. He finished with a team-high 12 tackles and a game-high two-and-a-half sacks, four tackles for a loss, one quarterback hurry, and a forced fumble. The forced fumble transparent on the last play of the game to help seal a 31-24 win for Alabama A&M over UAPB. The specialist in his season debut, Guillermo Rodriguez was called upon to convert a field goal attempt 
from 46 yards out to win the game, and he connected on the game-winning field goal as Purview knocked off Alcorn down there on the reservation, 23-20. to 20. And the newcomer of the week is Irv Mulligan. He rushed 21 times for 174 yards and one touchdown on Saturday as Jackson State's home opener versus Bethune-Cookman. He uh, connected on a 66-yard run in the fourth quarter, which proved to be the difference in Jackson State's 22-16 to 16 win over Bethune-Cookman. And, Doc, those are your SWAT players of the week. Big time, big time, big time. People getting it done in a lot of ways. Shout out to Fairview's kicker as he kicked a game-winning field goal for 50 yards. My goodness, you talking about putting a foot in it? Uh, on the road, man, that's a statement. That's two game-winning field goals. Two game winners. View. Uh, yeah. You talked about this all year long saying, hey, my Prairie View coach, Bubba McDowell talked about finishing. The team was talking about finishing. Boy, you talking about getting it done and finishing in fine fashion. That's a statement, winning two tough road games. Boy, I'll tell you, fascinating to say what that looks like. And then um, later on this week, we'll talk about a key matchup um, as we get into that classic in Dallas. Should be a good one. And uh, it has a lot of implications in terms of what goes on next. With that said, let's get into the MIAC player, football players of the week. Uh, give them some love and turn the page and see what do you have for the MEAC football players of the week this week? Sure thing. Let's take a look at the MEAC players of the week. Is Walker Harris, junior quarterback from North Carolina Central. It's your offensive player of the week. He went 17 of 28 for 263 yards. And get this, Doc, five, five touchdowns in the win over Mississippi Valley State. Huge game for the number one B quarterback, as, as uh, Coach Oliver likes to say. On the defensive side of the ball, Elijah Williams, junior defensive lineman from Morgan State, he had 10 tackles, nine solo, four tackles for a loss, two sacks, forced from versus Albany. Miak has a rookie of the week as Miguel Frijo. He is a freshman linebacker from Norfolk State. He had four solo tackles, three for minus 18 yards, two sacks, and two quarterback hurries uh, for Norfolk State in their win over Towson. And the specialist of the week is Adrian Olivo, the place kicker from North Carolina Central, had nine points, including a career-long 47-yard field goal and six PATs in North Carolina Central's huge win over Mississippi Valley State. So those are your MEAC players of the week. Up to the MEAC representing and get it done. Boy, you talking about clash on the Titans. Every week is a battle to see who's going to ultimately get into Atlanta. Uh, we're getting uh, – Moving forward to see what that looks like. In a lot of ways, Meg is still in non-conference form, but now you're getting the heart of conference play for the SWAC. We're talking about the SWAC. Let's give some volleyball some love, and I'll give some updates there in terms of the volleyball players of the week, starting with the SWAC. The Southwestern Athletic Conference has named Alabama State's Jalene, Jalene Witten, Temperance Chapman, Madison Beasley, along with FAMU's Camilla De La Rosa, for SWAC Volleyball Weekly Honors for their impressive performances during the past week of conference play. Witten helped the Alabama State to an undefeated start in conference play with wins over FAMU and Bethune-Cookman taking out the Florida schools. She contributed 16 kills and just five errors during a ASU four-set win over FAMU. Witten followed the performance up with 12 kills against Bethune-Cookman. Defense, Chapman ended the week with 34 total digs for Alabama State. She registered 18 digs against FAMU before contributing 16 against Bethune-Cookman. Chapman has registered 185 
digs this season, giving her 639 career digs. Check that out, Charles. Moving her into ninth place all-time at Alabama State. She is having a wonderful career. Setter, Beasley helped lead Alabama State to a sweep of Florida A&M and Bethune-Cookman on the road while registering her 1,800th career assist. She recorded a match-high 27 assists to go with four digs during ASU's win over FAMU. Beasley followed that up with 27 assists to go along with four digs against Bethune-Cookman. That's a statement when you yeah. defeat the two-time SWAC champion to open up the season. Well, FAMU still has something to say. Newcomer Della Rosa finished the Rattlers SWAC opening week with 52 assists and 13 digs as she tallied 29 assists and nine digs versus Alabama State. Della Rosa added three blocks and 23 assists during the FAMU 3-0 win over Alabama A&M. What are your thoughts in terms of the volleyball for the SWAC, Charles? You got to love it. I tell you what, uh, fam, you're getting it done week in, week out. Uh, and they put together a really nice volleyball team. And, you know, you hear all those accolades. That's tremendous when you take a look at uh, with those. You mentioned 690-some-odd career, career statistics on that? Yes, sir. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's getting it done. That's getting it yeah, done. Yeah, you climbing up the ladder. You thought I'm making a statement. Put your name in the history book. That's pretty fascinating. I agree with you. That's getting it done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's switch over to the MEAC and give them some love on the volleyball side as well as they named their players of the week. Starting out with Coppin State sophomore outside hitter, the Kenya Stafford was named Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference Player of the Week, presented by Coca-Cola. The conference announced Norfolk State's Gabrielle Gilbert was named Rookie of the Week, while Howard University senior Kayla Diaz was named Setter of the Week in Coppin State redshirt senior Libero. I know y'all asked about that last week. Ashley Roman in Maryland, Eastern Shore. So- Sophomore libero Valera Matias earned co-defensive players of the week in honor. So Stafford uh, averaged 4.33 kills, 2.67 digs, and 0.67 blocks per set as the Eagles opened MEAC play with a pair of wins this past weekend, hitting a combined 287. She opened with 18 kills and a career-high 16 digs in a four-set win over Delaware State, hitting 333 before turning in a 21-kill, eight-dig, six-block against Maryland Eastern Shore. Gilbert hit a combined 323 and opened up mid clay this past weekend, averaging 3.7 kills, 2.0 digs, and 1.14 aces per set. She opened up with double double against North Carolina Central, going 11 kills, 10 digs, 300 hitting, and three aces on Friday. Diaz averaged 11 assists per set in five sets of action this past week, including 45 assists to go along with five service aces in a non-conference win over American. In one set played against South Carolina State, she added 10 assists for the Bison offense that hit 2.276 for the match, I should say. Roman averaged 4.89 digs per set for the Eagles this past weekend, including a weekend high 23 against Delaware State. She wrapped up the first weekend of conference play with 21 digs against Maryland Eastern Shore and Mateus Average 4.70 digs per set, two matches for the Hawks. She opened with a season-high 26 digs against Morgan State before turning in 21 on Sunday against Coppin State. There you go for the MEAC Women's Volleyball Players of the Week. Football and volleyball are in action. Conference play, it'll be interesting to see who gets it done in the regular season and then who finds a way to get it done in tournament for the women of volleyball. 
And we know it gets interesting for football. Let's get more into that. We'll come back on the other side after this break. And we will present this week's top seven match. I mean, top seven in the poll ranking. I want to see what you think on my mid-major list, Charles. Mm, let's do it. Let's get into it. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back after this first break. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. That's a pretty tight spot. Watch this. Of course your view parks itself. That's so you. It's just up here on the right. Of course you know where we're going. That's so you. Kinda got a sixth sense. And a head-up display. They're here. Hit the field, warm up. You brought all these players in your Buick? Yeah. So you. It is. There's a Buick that fits your life. Because at the heart of every Buick SUV is you. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is always Ultra Thin's reinvented with the always triple protection system. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Pika in downtown Atlanta. Them belly full, but we Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Oh, we've got a Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Impress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah, and about, the ball, so listen to Professor Yes Sir, yes, sir. and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. <laughs> this is Dr. Bills inside the HBC Sports Lab. Shout out to uh, G. Boom Holly. He called everybody lab rat. They make me nervous like I'm experimenting on y'all. <laughs> mad, mad time. <laughs> yeah, let me, let me say shout out to my guy Neely up there in Bowler. He's checking us out today. Uh, doing a tremendous job with the content on the pregame show. People need to understand the pregame show was started in HBCU circle. So there's always an homage to Jackson State with the T H E E, the pregame show. So people need to understand that. 
need to understand no the or understand the origins of the pregame show. No break doubt. it down, CB. Break it down. Break it down. <laughs> I, I like that. Shout out to Neely up there taking pictures of my boy when he comes out for the step shows and stuff like that. <laughs> he, he ain't right. Uh, he, he got Herbert right. on there. He got Herbert on there. Herbert Shelf is up there at Boulder as well. Shout out. Man, I was watching the show and flicking through and Herman as they start that game. He in the background. I had to give him a call and say, man, make sure you get a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> Man, let's get back to it and let's get into our mid-major poll of the week. Top seven is week number four. Let's see. There was one change without the poll. Not a lot of changes in this poll, man. This mid-major stuff. Folks are rolling. I can't wait till we get some of these clashes. But let's get into the top seven. As we did have one team that dropped out, that was Virginia Union Panthers, but receiving votes. You see Fort Valley State Wildcats 3-1, and 3-0 and in terms of what they're doing in conference play in the SIC. 116 points. Johnson C. Smith, Golden Bulls, surprising a lot of people early. They're 3-1, 2-0. In the CIAA, 114 points credit to them. Highest ranking I've seen them with since we started the poll. Virginia mm. Union Panthers fall this week, but they're still receiving votes, if you would. 3-1, and 1-1 one, one and one overall as they had that thriller loss for them that was Fayetteville State in the pouring rain, but they fall out of the poll this week. So let's see who jumps in. In fact, you can See it right here with number seven, West Virginia State Yellow Jackets, three and one. Uh, they are three and zero in conference play, so they're playing really well. Obviously, and getting it done in conference play, one hundred thirty-one points. They were not ranked, but they jumped into number seven. Fell out a couple of weeks ago, but they're back in the business in the top seven. Bringing us to number six, Miles Golden Bears continue to get it done, three and one, two and one. Lost that early conference grade, but they bounced back, one hundred thirty-six points. They were previous seven. They move up a spot. Uh, they lost that non-conference game. They, they went on the road, back-to-back swag games, 1-1, lost one. But they're in the mix. Should be interesting to follow this team uh, as it looks like the Miles Golden Bears are back in the football business. At number five, Bowie State Bulldogs, 3-1, 2-0, 140 total points. They move up a spot from number six past week, so they're getting it done and they're rolling. At number four, Allen Yellowjack. 4-0, 2-0 prizes, surprise of the league uh, in the SIC. Nice matchup this week. We'll see. There's a lot of people want to say, uh, as you know, A.D. Drew says they're for real. We'll get a chance to see this week. 141 points. They move up a spot, so they're rolling. At number three, A.D. Drew's real favorite team, that is. Tuskegee Golden Knights, <laughs> 4-0, 3-0. Previous rank four, so they move up a spot, 160 points, 62 points. And so we see these teams that are trending in the upward direction. At number two, Virginia State Trojans, remember last week, they took over the second spot. They remain there, 4-0, 2-0 in conference play, two first-place votes, 182 points. They're in at number two. Bring us number one. It no longer is a surprise. Now the question is, is just how long can they hold on to the number one spot? Will they go – Demarcus from the beginning to the end, just running it down. Benedict Titus, 4-0, 2-0 in conference race, seven first-place votes. Oh, man, you're talking about the front runners. Can they be caught? I know it's a mile, but in the sprint, they got it done. Uh, we'll see if they can get it done in this mile relay. Thus far, they're setting the pace. With that being said, let's go to Mike. Mike. 
What are your thoughts on the mid-major poll rankings of week number four, the top seven? You seen it? You heard it? Tell us what you think. Actually, I have no complaints uh, with your mid-major poll. I think. Hey, I hold think... up, hold up, pause right there. Restate that. Restate that. Let everybody <laughs> hear the change. Glory. So just a couple of days after Sunday, something has changed. The clouds are open up. Mike has said no problems with the poll. Yeah. Right. I said Marcus no problems. Working on his heart. <laughs> I said I said no problems this week with your mid-major poll. <laughs> Let's clarify that. I have no problems. I'm impressed with Miles and what they did this past week, and that imp- that was that was not only a win, it was an impressive win. So I'm looking across the board. Hey, you know, Tuskegee, you got Tuskegee. I think you could argue they could be a little bit higher, but other than that, no arguments whatsoever with your <laughs> mid-major poll. I'm interested in it. Before they go to Utah, Charles, you believe Tuskegee should be above Virginia State? Yes. Hmm. Okay, mm. I see it. Interesting. Charles. Mm. Interesting. What are your, your thoughts? And you can comment uh, on that one as well. Well, you know what? Uh, I, I don't have a problem with it either. Uh, shout out to Alan Yellow Jackets, boring. Yeah. Oh, and they could arguably. Yes. They could arguably have the best quarterback in HBCU football, not named Jeremy Musa or Davis Richard. Uh, David Wright is putting up some astronomical numbers week in, week out. Another huge weekend this past, uh, another huge weekend this past weekend. Uh, 28 of 51. Uh, he had 370 yards passing, but he gets a stern test for Fort Valley this weekend. So that, that's going to yeah. be a really good one. If, if they, if they, if they're able to perform, even they don't, I don't know if they have to win, but perform. I, I'm an Allen believer. I'm serious. I'm already drinking a little bit of the Kool Aid. But I, I, you know, that quarterback and and that defense they have, I, I I'll become a believer. <laughs> Good stuff. I like what you're talking about there. Check out with Mike uh, G. Boom Holly giving you a hard time, Mike. Yeah, I got I got to make sure you wear that during the break. As, as, as some point, you had still found out now. He just man, he rubbing it all in. Ain't uh, at some point during the show, I got to make amends because I was all about living La Vida Gomez, and it's the wrong kicker. <laughs> but I I paid $16 to watch that dang Alcorn uh, State game, and even the announcer said, Vila Gomez. I can't see that from where I'm sitting. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm watching the game from a hotel. <laughs> Man, let's come back on the other side and talk about some of these matchups. We're going to talk about mid-major first uh, in terms of those classic matchups, but we got a little twist in that one for you. Then we'll get into independent. We got a little twist in that as well, Uh, and then we'll get into the major division poll rankings. So let's take our second break, come back on the other side, bring these guys back, and see what they think about some of these good matchups in terms of the mid-major division. Should be intriguing. Talk with you soon. We'll be right back on the other side. Hold it. As technology continues to bring changes to the world of education, it's time we also reimagine teacher professional development. Gone are the days of one-size-fits-all learning that can only be accessed at a specific time and place. The Stride PD Center is an on-demand library of mobile-friendly courses that allow educators to learn anytime and anywhere. Our dynamic courses provide bite-sized learning and help educators advance their knowledge while also gaining professional development hours. The best professional development plans are those that include a level of flexibility and choice for educators. 
Whether you're a teacher, school, or district, visit us today to take charge of your learning. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvay. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. You see, Head & Shoulders has a scalp shield technology protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. We're never not working. Number 15? That's my rub. Ooh, nice. Never not working. Never, ever, never, ever not working. Welcome, everybody, to Juneau, Alaska. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head & Shoulders scalp shield technology. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah. And who the ball, ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Mills inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Let's get into our games of the week, our HBCU games of the week, starting with the mid-major. We're going to go, as we always do on Tuesday, with the classic matchup. This week, we did not have two mid-major programs playing in the classic game, so we decided that we're going to go to Huntsville, Alabama for the Lose Cruz Stadium homecoming game, which features the SIAC top seven program, number three to be exact at the mid-major level, Tuskegee Golden Tigers are coming to town, putting their undefeated record on the schedule as they are at a top 10 program, number nine to be exact, in terms of Alabama A&M Bulldogs this week, who are 2-2 two and 1-1. Two and one and one. I'm fascinated about this matchup, 2 p.m. Many people have been putting out there that they could see an upset. I'm not sure if I see that, so I'm curious to see what you all think. And I'm going to start with you, Charles. What are your thoughts in terms of this matchup between the SIAC and the SWAC? Well, it's definitely going to be a grudge match, and we definitely know this. These SIAC teams, they play. 
they they play the sweat with this great big old chip on their shoulder. Uh, so this will be a very, very interesting contest uh, with Tuskegee. They're going to bring a crowd. It's probably going to be packed up there. Uh, but I, I, I'm i curious. I, I, I'm curious if Connell Manor has unlocked something with Quincy Case. Uh, that was a big breakout game on national TV. Threw over 300 yards last week. I, I think he's going to test that Tuskegee secondary. Let's see if Tuskegee can answer the challenge. I know defensively they got a young man, Vincent Hill. He was all over the place this past week. 15 tackles in that game. Tuskegee's going to have to have a huge defensive effort to stop Donovan Eaglin. And now a resurgent Quincy Casey. I got the Bulldogs in this. Interesting when you think about that. Mike, you know, I won't be able to go to Dallas with you for the State Fair Classic. And so you're going to have to hold it down with all the guys in Dallas on your own. Uh, I know you can handle it, but just letting you know, I'll be taking Faith and Deuce. Uh, every four or five years, we end up going to Huntsville, Alabama for their homecoming because they seem to fall right on the same day as the State Fair Classic. So it drives me crazy, but it is what it is, <laughs> uh, particularly with this year's matchup in the State Fair. But I'm fascinated to see this one. It should be a good one. Uh, down there, uh, as they say in that part of Huntsville, Alabama. I'm fascinated with this matchup for various different reasons, but I want to see what you have to say. Remember, early on in terms of the season, SIAC has got a couple of wins against the SWAC. We've seen yeah. that. Uh, one with Central State over Mississippi Valley. Obviously, a couple of weeks ago, you saw Miles get it done against Alabama State, but Alabama A&M took care of Lane, and Pine Bluff took care of Miles as well, but then Cookman took care of Savannah State. So SWAC is holding its own, getting it done in many ways against the SIAC. What are your thoughts in this particular matchup with in-state rivals? See each other for a while. Alabama dominated Tuskegee over the years, but is this a new Tuskegee team? Yeah, I think uh, I think the last time uh, Tuskegee had a win what was it uh, to 08. It's been some years, I think. Alabama A&M does own the series, but I feel something about this Tuskegee team who, you know, basically is averaging, what, 32, you know, 33 points of, uh, 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 per game. Uh, so they're scoring. They're also allowing their opponents uh, to just under 20 points. So they look to have a solid balanced team. They have a good receiver in Antonio Meeks. Uh, who can get and they have another younger uh, freshman receiver. So I I look for possibly this this uh, Tuskegee team to pull an upset of AM. I'm with uh, the football guru. I believe that Tuskegee can pull an upset on Alabama AM. i I'm not as, pressed, as impressed, at least up until this last week, with the Alabama AM offense. Mm, good stuff. Good stuff with that being said. Uh, I'm fascinating what this looks like, but we're going to flip it and go to the independent matchup. This is a little different. We didn't have, have any of our independent programs uh, getting it done in terms of that, so we're going to save that in terms of the major division. So we pulled another uh, independent program up, major division program, as none of the independent programs uh, that came in with good records in terms of this. We decided to flip it. We're going to go to Durham, North Carolina. Old Kelly Riddick <laughs> Stadium, Hall of Fame game, independent matchup, if you would. It's the uh, Coastal Athletic, formerly known as the Colonial CA, against the MIAC. Saturday, September 30th. Uh, the MIAC right now is four and four against the Colonial. Uh, coastal, as they say. So you have Camel coming in. Camel's 
taking their return trip to Durham, two and two on the season, one two in the coastal play, as they face number two, North Carolina Central Eagles, three and one. Uh, hadn't played conference game. This is on ESPN. Sticking with you, Mike. What are your thoughts in terms of this matchup? Um, yeah, I think I think this is another win for the Miag. I'm just going to be quite simple. Um, it, you know, you look at Campbell, they're one and two. Um, and all that they do have a good offense. I think they're they're pushing like 37 points a game. They're averaging 300, you know, you know, 240, 250, 300. But if you look at the, I'm kind of looking at who they played and I look at the balance that you have against with central. Um, I just, it's, I think it's a central win. Um, it's in Durham. So I, I got to give the edge to the MEAC. Charles, uh, obviously last weekend, Eagles took care of Mississippi Valley in terms of that matchup, a non-conference game, the Swag MEAC. Uh, the star quarterback, Richard, didn't play in that game. In mm. terms of the MEAC media day, Coach said it wasn't a problem, so he didn't really give a hint whether he played or not. He said he wanted uh, to give Walker some shine, but it sounds like he probably will play, but he's just doing coach speak. With that mm -hmm. being said, what are your thoughts on this matchup? Uh, for North Carolina Central to get this win, they got to control the line of scrimmage. One thing about Campbell, uh, another huge offensive line, they can run the football. And as high as Malik Williams goes, so goes this Campbell football team. You've got to mm -hmm. be able to contain him uh, because he's dynamic uh, when he starts uh, hitting some passes. And we know he can run the football. But they have got to that defense has got to make some plays on the on, on the defensive side of the ball. I think North Carolina Central can take care of uh, take care of things at home, uh, whether it's Davis Richard or even Walker Harris. I, I think they are that dynamic of football team. A lot of weapons that this North Carolina Central team has as well. I'll take the Eagles in this one. I'll say another Miag win over CAA. Mm, fascinating. There's only nine of them this total year, so they're on their way to have a winning record against the Coastal. Should be interesting to see what that looks like. We'll take our next break, come back on the other side, and we'll get into the major division poll rankings and then those major division matchups. Stick with us. Be right back after this break. T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden & Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden & Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. When it comes to professional learning, teachers deserve better. From the leader in online learning, Stride brings you the Stride Professional Development Center an on-demand library of mobile-friendly courses that gives teachers choice and flexibility, allowing them to learn anytime and anywhere. Our dynamic courses provide bite-sized learning and help educators advance their knowledge while also gaining professional development hours. It's time you take charge of your learning. Visit us today to get started. When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to love, love, and who the ball, who the ball. 
So listen to Professor Yesler yes, And pay attention Because he going to teach a lesson This is Dr. Bills inside the HBCU Sports Lab With the professors We have Professor Bishop from Professor Washington Let's get into the major division rankings In terms of the top seven See what you think is going on here we had the Alcorn State Braves dropping out. They're one on three in the season, as well as the Morgan State Bears. Both of these teams had close matchups, losses, uh, as they couldn't quite get it done. But let's go with these receiving votes. Norfolk State Spartans, two and two. After that opening season, lost to a Division II Virginia State programs at the Division II program level, obviously out of the CIAA. Norfolk State has bounced back and had some big wins, if you think about it. They have another intriguing matchup. Former foe comes into town this year, but uh, they don't come up as they continue to win and get it done. They're outside of the top seven, though, with 167 points. Bringing us to other team, Alabama and Bulldogs, also receiving votes. Even their record with a good Thursday night win last week, two and two. Charles talked a little bit about uh, that matchup in terms of Tuskegee. One and one in terms of the conference race, 148 points, but they're still on the outside looking in at top seven. Bringing us to number 10 would be, if you would, Southern Jaguars, one and two, uh, one and oh. They were all up in last weekend, 147 points. At, uh, just outside last week, they were number nine, so they dropped back, back, not playing there, if you would. See what that looks like. Let's get in the top seven and see what everybody thinks. At number seven, Grambling State Tigers, 2-2, two 1-0, two, and oh, 180 points. Previously, they were not ranked outside of the top 10, but they jump in after a big win over Texas Southern at home. At number six, you have Prairie Bay and them Panthers, 2-2, two 2-0. And two, two and oh, in terms of what they're getting done, 183 points. They were outside the top 10, but they jump in the rankings as well, bringing us to number Five at number five, you have Jackson State Tigers. They had a tough opening game at home, but uh, with a little kicking problems, it was a big win, particularly on the defensive side. Give them credit, they got it done three and two, one and one on the season in the conference race. Uh, 186 points, they stay at number five. Bring us to number four, the Hampton Pirates. They were open that past weekend, so they stay at two and one, 205 points and they stay in the fourth spot, along with number three. Tennessee State Tigers, also 2-1, uh, as they are 1-0 in the OBC Big South. Uh, they stay at number three, however, at 208 points as they continue to move forward and get it done. Bringing us to number two, North Carolina Central Eagles, 3-1. They actually get back a first-place vote. They do not vault up to number one as they have 245 points as they're just edged out of the number one spot by the Florida and Umbrellas, who are 3-1, and 2-0 and oh overall. But as I said, they lost the first-place vote, so they fall to six. Uh, but overall, they have 246 points, so they remain at number one with a very narrow margin, as you see. Oh. <laughs> it <laughs> is fascinating with those two teams as they jockey back and forth. Is that a precursor to the Celebration Bowl? We should see. Mm. Still a lot of season left, so it might be mm. early for that. But it is tantalizing, I will say that. With that mm -hmm. being said, I'm going to start with you, Charles, uh, since Mike says he has something to say with my major division as he's already uh, 
getting his dusted fails. I'm going to make him wait a little bit. Charles, what do you say about the top seven? I tried to take a look at those receiving votes and see can I, I push them up. Uh, but it looks about right. Uh, let's talk about Grandma State. I, I, you talk about We've talked about all the teams that can really run the ball in the SWAC West, uh, whether you're talking about Prairie View, whether you're talking about Alcorn, even Southern has a bevy of backs. But Grambling, especially over the past couple of weeks, you get to see their backs. You talk about Chance Williams and Floyd Chalk uh, really put their stamp on this Grambling offense. And Miles Crawley, over the past two weeks, he's thrown for over 400 yards, five touchdowns, but even bigger, no interceptions, taking care of the football. That makes this Grambling football team very dangerous, makes for a very intriguing matchup uh, with number six Prairie View. I think that's going to be a slobber knocker this weekend. So I think the poll looks about right. Good stuff, good stuff. Good to hear. Mike, uh, as you hold your face straight now, <laughs> go ahead and tell us your thoughts on the top seven. You make me nervous. Huh? Where, where, where do you have Hampton at? <clears throat> I'm Hampton at number four. At number four. And they're above Purview, right? They're above Grambling, right? They're above Grambling, right? That's correct. They did beat Grambling to open up the season. Yeah. Okay, I agree with that. But what what in Hampton's play has has made them? Thank you. I got it up here on my on my on my screen. It, yeah. Is Hampton truly a top five team? Look at the other teams you have. Them. Look at where they're ranked. Look at where their offense ranks in their own conference. No, Ooh. Hampton is not a, a, a... So I look at how they're ranked in their own conference. Offensively, defensively, they are not a top five team. Sorry. that I, I don't know who... This is politics or something. I don't know who <laughs> voted for Hampton. East Coast Bias! <laughs> I was like, who's biased to me? I'm sorry. So... Wow. Wow. I can't believe y'all going to do this. With that being said, you got to remember, this is a week to week poll. You all have the habit and many people do this. So I can't blame y'all. Y'all like to project, project in terms of where it's going. We did that as a preseason. This is week to week. How teams play this week? Were they up? Were they work? How fall? Do they fall? Do they stay where they are? Did they not play? Just look at it week to week. Team shift up a little bit, shift down. <laughs> Sounds like you want to project and look at all this data. Data person, data points, this data point. We're not asking you to project who's going to win the conference. We're not asking you to project who would win if Hampton faced Prairie View or Gramlin. And we know what took place there because they played each other. So I know you don't want Gramlin no, any further up. Well, maybe no, didn't that. say anything about Gramlin. Didn't say anything about that, but I'm saying, look at how him uh, you when you do look at them, you look at where they stand in their individual conference, who they played against. You try to weigh that against each other in the poll. That should be one factor, one data point in that poll. It doesn't appear to be the case in your major poll. They haven't played a conference game yet. They played that this weekend. Yeah. They haven't played a conference game. They played these HBCU programs, and they're two and one. They won two out of one. One of them included a comeback. Miracle, if you would, that a lot of folks. The miracle, the miracle. Are you counting the miracle win? Okay. Yeah, yeah. that's what some people say. Jay, I'm just saying. (laughs) In my opinion, they were given that win, but I'm I'm not. (laughs) I don't want to put words in Jay Walker's mouth, but he sure looked like it in terms of what he thought. I know a lot of Howard fans I've seen out there in terms of how they fussed at the coach. That's what they thought, but you know, hey. It is week number four. We're just shaping things out. We'll round out. If Hampton can't get it done in the Colonial like last year, to give you an example, 
And then they're going to fall. They start losing, they will fall. And trust me, you're right. They won't be in the top five. But right now, they are two and one, sitting pretty at number four. I, I okay. They they yep. They got them. They got a decent three games. They beat Gramlin. They were given a game against Howard, uh, and and they did beat Nofolk. I I I'll I'll go with that. Nofolk sitting outside. Did you want to bump Nofolk up at two and two? Now they have that loss to Virginia State, but that is a four and old Virginia State team. I will say yes. That. That, that that Virginia State's got a much. That's a you look at who they play. They play Virginia State. All right. Yeah, yeah, all the fans up there in Norfolk said they're supposed to win that game. I'm just saying. They went on. I was just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. With that being said, let's take this break because I think I won that one. Give the points to me. All y'all lab listeners out there, vote. Who do you think won the argument? Is that one for Dr. Gaville or Professor Washington? Just let me know. Type it out in there. Tell me. Make sure you say Dr. Gaville. We'll be right back after this break. <laughs> Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillars of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. (laughs) We all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to allow that. And who the ball, the ball. So listen to Professor Yesa yes, and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. Dr. Ville's inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Fisher. We're back, and this time we're going to get into the major division classic game of the week. This year's version, State Fair Classic in Dallas Cotton Bowl features a top seven matchup. Two teams come in with winning records. We haven't seen this in a while. Mm. Both teams come in uh, really playing some good football and getting big wins. Both of them are undefeated in conference play, uh, to be specific about that. September 30th, 6 p.m., 
Under the lights, if you would, this game will be on ESPN Plus. Number seven, Grambling State Tigers, two and two on the season, one and zero in the conference play after the big win last week over Texas Southern. They face up against number six, Prairie A&M Panthers, two and two on the season, a two and zero in conference play. They also have defeated Texas Southern. Uh, Prairie had to go on the road to get Texas Southern to open up the season. The Day Classic won it on a overtime field goal, while you saw Grambling at home defeat Texas Southern to get it done, kind of went back and forth, and then Grambling pulled away late in that game. With that being said, let me go to you, Charles. What are your thoughts in terms of Dallas? My understanding, you'll be in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I tried to tell Mike, it would have been nice if you would have and your team would have been able to travel uh, to Ormond, Mississippi for that Alcorn game. Mike yeah, would've would've... Been, maybe would have been in better shape. He wouldn't have got all – Lathered up about the wrong kicker because that's what they told him. (laughs) 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 Living La Vida Loca, as he likes to say. (laughs) He better live Gomez with that. I was I was I was living La Vida Gomez and I should have been Go Go Guillermo. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Go 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 Guillermo getting it done. Um as he well should be respected. But seriously, Charles, you'll be in there, so you put your notes together for this, mm-hmm. and we'll be calling the game. I'm excited because I get to listen. Yes, I'll be on the other side of the conference, literally, uh, in Alabama a lot of ways, Huntsville to be exact, to give me some updates. But I can't wait. we probably trending back to the hotel and getting part of this, listening uh, part of it early, and then I'll get to catch it on TV while I'm still listening to you all call the game. Shout out to Porter in regards to what he's going to get to, uh, there, Charles Porter, that is. Uh, what are your thoughts on this matchup, Charles, in Dallas? It's a big one. It's well, a huge one. This really gets the chance to kind of start the distance themselves in the conference race, especially mm-hmm. if it's prayer. And I know it's almost cliche to say, but whose quarterback is going to show up in this game? Uh, we're looking mm-hmm. at Trenzon Conley. Uh, nice game this past week. Efficient game, 12 of 19, 187 yards. And Miles Crawley, also an efficient game uh, this past week, 13 of 24 uh, for uh, right at uh, 195 yards. Uh, the question becomes, and this is where I was extremely impressed with Prairie last week, uh, they were able to limit Alcorn's running game to under 100 yards. And that's super impressive when you talk about a running back the caliber of Jarvis and uh, uh, Har- Harwood. Uh, in terms of what, what he, Jarvin Howard, I should say, in terms of what he gets done week in, week out. Uh, they did, did a tremendous job of stopping him, less than 50 yards on the ground, but they have a bevy of running backs, and they were able to keep their stable of running backs under 100 yards. They get challenged again this week with Floyd Chalk and Chance Williams. Keyshawn Johnson is going to be key in this game, linebacker for PB. He's got to fly around, make plays, because Purdue's scheme is for those defensive tackles to, to really – do a great job in terms of gap control and let those linebackers, Travion Green, Keyshawn Johnson, flow to the ball and gobble up all the tackles. This is going to be a huge game for Prairie View's defense. I'm sure their secondary will be tested at times. Can they hold up? Can they win the line of scrimmage? But I think PB can get the job done. Good stuff. Good analysis. Jeff Roberts says, is Gremlin for real? Mike, what are your thoughts on this matchup? Can you answer that question for us? Yeah, I think Grambling, I think uh, CB talked a lot about, you know, Grambling. You know, I think if you look at it, I do agree. It's whose quarterback is going to play the best. Is it Crawley? Is it, is it Trazon Conley? But more so, 
who can spread the ball and get the most actors involved. I think that was one data point that made PV successful last week. That you you look at it, Alcorn pretty much owned the first half, dominated time of possession, but PV started getting more of their actors, Brian Jenkins, uh uh, the uh, uh, the other receiver, Ahmad Antoine, you started getting Johnson in. You started getting more actors involved in that offense, and it was tough at times for Alcorn State to stop uh, PV. And Alcorn State has a, a a very good defense. So I think if they can get their – can impose their will, impose their offense, which offense is going to be able to impose their game – versus Grambling and Grambling in the last couple of games I mean you look at it they're averaging 330 yards a game so they have a solid offense led by Crawley but not only the quarterback but which one can get more of their actors their key skill players into the Florida game and quicker on a consistent basis Charles I'm going to back to you a little more on this game you talked about early uh, in the season when we were doing our rounds particularly at the Swag Media Day, you talked about Prairie View having a lot of uh, transfers that came in, position players, Brian Jenkins Jr. Uh, you gave a uh, nod to Kobe uh, Cavill in terms of what he was able to do, these small scat back receivers that can catch the ball short or take a short pass and turn it into 12, 15, 20. And if you're not careful, they can house you. Talk a little bit about that, that speed that Prairie View plays with on the receivers. Yes. They may be a little shorter in statue, uh, but they can get around. And they have a couple of big guys as well. So when you mix all it in, it's a formidable team. Uh, and you gear up to stop the run in a lot of ways with Prairie because they're loaded in the backfield with Caleb. Uh, you got the quarterback, Trazon Conley, they can run. Uh, and Antoine, that gets it done. Talk about the uniqueness of what makes Prairie View a formidable foe, probably more than people gave them credit for coming into the season? Well, I think you kind of touched on it. They have uh, small, fast guys who really work the slots. Brian Jenkins is masterful. Uh, and you take a look at him being a graduate student. Uh, he's been through the battles before in the swag. He's masterful uh, with his one-on-one matchups. Uh, that is uh, a, definitely a matchup that you look forward to uh, with him every game. Uh, and then Kobe Cavill, he, he came in and added a dimension to the offense again this past week. But you touched on it because Purdue runs the ball so very well. You have to commit somebody extra uh, in the box. And they got some guys who can get downfield. Uh, the name that comes to mind is Jaquan Bloomfield. He's a guy who, who can get upfield, get on top of defense. Same thing with Trajan Stokes. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a they have a lot of components to kind of deal with. And it kind of comes into which Trazon Conley shows up. The accurate Trazon Conley will give you fits because not only can he throw the ball to those to those scat receivers, but he also can beat you with his legs. So uh, it's kind of a picky poison type offense, and that's what makes uh, Prairie View really fun to watch. Intriguing the way you break that down. Going back to you, Mike, but I want to focus a little more on the grambling side and your thoughts in terms of how Prairie is going to have to go against that. Uh, Chuck Hunt said he was at that Texas Southern Grambling game uh, down there in the holding Grambling. He talks about he sees an improvement from Grambling team, but lacks some discipline in some ways. What do you think some of the trouble that they're having in terms of the defensive side of the ball? They're having some problems stopping the rush. Grambling, I mean, Hampton, when we teased and talked about it earlier, in all seriousness, uh, Hampton kind of gashed him in terms of the run. Uh, Florida Memorial was able to even run on a little bit, and Texas Southern, uh, did that as well. Obviously, they were con- able to contain Texas Southern a lot more, 
but their offense is so explosive, they were able to get it done on that side. But I want you to focus a little more on the defensive side of Grambling. What uh, do you see them being able to get done? Well, obviously, the big news in the matchup is Sundiata uh, Anderson. That was yep. the defensive preseason player of the year for the SWAC is actually out of this contest for the first half, three quarters, in regards to the fact that he got ejected in the fourth quarter of that Texas Southern Bramden matchup for a illegal hit on the quarterback uh, in terms of uh, what the refs saw there. Uh, in terms of that, what are your what are your thoughts in terms of the defensive side of the ball for Bramden? Well, I mean, let's start with the stats. You know, you look at, you know, where they are. They they are third or fourth in the SWAC in defense, allowing, you know, just give or take 200 yards of uh, offense against their defense. They have, in, in terms of sacks, they're leading the they, – I think they have four, and I think three of those – or two of those, I'm sorry, if I can see it right, is by their linebacking core. So their linebackers are good at hitting the gaps. However – um, in the last few games I saw them, they, they, I, if you look at their line and they look at it, they tended to lose discipline. And that's, you know, that's a football term most people know, but keeping your lane, not saying discipline with the play. And unfortunately, if you get a mobile quarterback who can run and, you know, and you're not disciplined and don't maintain the outsides or whatever, you know, you, you can, you can gain against this grambling offense. I think if you look at that TSU game, if Andrew Body's in there the whole game, a mobile quarterback, or you have a good set of running backs and a mobile quarterback, it's proven that you can gash this uh, Grambling defense. Uh, from what I what I can see, they're in. A, I, I don't know that their secondary has been tested formally, but I know that uh, Florida Memorial was able to get a significant number of uh, passing yards against Grambling as well. So. Uh, I, I don't know how well I rank this Grambling defense. They perform well, but with Anderson out and arguably one of their better players, how well can they stiffen up, maintain lane discipline, especially with a team with as many weapons as per of you? They can hit you from the outside. They can hit you from the inside. Uh, they can power up the middle. And if you don't stay disciplined with your defense, I think it's going to be a big challenge for Grambling's defense. I'm going to stay with you, Mike. We're going to do our last game, independent matchup. We're going into a conference one, but we got our ACC program, Tennessee State. It has a winning record, uh, top four team, actually number three in the poll rankings as of today, but they travel on the road. They had Martin, Tennessee, Hardy M. Graham Stadium, a big South OVC Saturday matchup. This is one of the traditional OVC games that they continue to hold on. Uh, Saturday, September the 30th, 6 p.m. on ESPN. Tigers come in at 2-1, 1-0. They got that thrilling victory last uh, second uh, game-winning 50-yard kick of their own in terms of that matchup, uh, Garner Webb. Uh, and now they go on the road with U2 Martin. That's 3-1, hadn't played the conference game but yet. But what are your thoughts in terms of what takes place here? Can the Tigers get it done from Tennessee State? Yeah, I, I think it's going to take a lot for the Tigers to get it done against UT Martin, which basically is outscoring everybody in that conference. Now, they haven't got, I don't know if – I think you're right. They hadn't gotten in the conference play, but UT Martin is a very tough team. I think it'll be a tough fall game. But because of how balanced UT Martin is across the board, they're leading in a, cu they're leading in a couple of uh, key areas. The other thing is, you know, how good is how good is the quarterback for – uh, Tennessee State going to play, you know, you know, is he going to really step up? 
Uh, Jalen Routes needs to reach, you know, I, I don't know. He's averaging 60 yards per game, but, you know, is he going to reach 1,000 yards? Uh, so we'll see. Uh, the Tigers also have a good uh, transfer linebacker that's leading their defensive tackles. So their defense is really going to have to step up against UT Martin, which is leading that lead in <laughs> passing, scoring, and tops and rushing. So uh, I think it'll be a tough, tough match for Tennessee State. But I think if they play – they play well enough like we've seen them play. I think they they can they can make it a, a challenging game, but I think UT Martin might might edge them out just with all the weapons that UT Martin has. Brandon King says Tennessee State is checking in. With that being said, Charles, are you going to help uh, in terms of giving him a little oomph or are you like Mike, you're going to bust his heart? What are your thoughts in terms of this matchup with Tennessee State? Tough one now. They're on the road, UT mm-hmm. Martin. Have to really play in a lot of ways a clean game, but mm-hmm. really I'm intrigued. What are your thoughts in terms of what do they have to do to get this W? Yeah, we get to see if Tennessee State is for real uh, this this weekend uh, because when you take a look at this UT Martin team, they are back to back to OVC champs. Uh, but uh, check this out: they jump into the top 25, they rank 22nd nationally. But get this: uh, when you take a look at it, they're third nationally in rushing. Doctor Phil, 278 mm-hmm. yards per game. They're fourth in total offense, averaging almost 500 yards per game. <laughs> They're 12th in scoring offense, 37 points a game. So the key to that, Archie Cooley said it best. <laughs> I'm sorry, Marino Castle said it best. Best way to deal with one of these type of offenses is to keep them off the field. Jalen Rouse got to be big in this one. And if they can't get that rushing game up and going against uh, UT Martin, because uh, UT Martin, from a defensive standpoint, not that great, but they will outscore you. So Tennessee State has really controlled the line of scrimmage in this one, but it's a tall task. It's going to be tough to get it done on the road. So that reason alone, I got to go with the team that can put points up, UT Martin. Good stuff, good stuff. Good breakdown by the gentleman. They told you what they thought about the top seven pole rankings, mid-major major division. Gave you some of the matchups for the classics of the week, as well as the independent programs. We'll be back on the other side. And Thursday, we'll get into some conference Matchups, SIAC, CIAA, MEAC, as well as SWAC. And we'll tell you what happens this weekend and the thoughts of some key matchups, some good ones coming down in the SWAC and the MEAC in terms of what goes on there, as well as the SIAC and CIAA. Thank you for listening to Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Kenyatta Camille, the Dean of HBC Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of HBC Sports with Mike Watson and Charles Bishop. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Bill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 o'clock. Remember, on Sundays, we get you up before church. Check us out at 9 as we give you what took place in the week of and give you an update on those tough matchups that were on Saturday that Eva has you up and down, some of them on the ledge. Charles will certainly pull them back off of the ledge. Mike (laughs) will maybe push you off, so just be careful with Mike. He's a tough one. We'll have our cigars. Who gets the cigar of the week? We'll talk about that. And it's about that time we start bringing back up the Big Ben Award and start telling you some helmet stickers, who's going to be in it, and who to watch out in terms of the Big Ben Award. Remember, that is Big Ben back there that we give the award for the HBCU young man that is connected with HBCUs and either was born in the state of Texas, played high school in the state of Texas, or if they're outside of the state of Texas, they come to Texas to play one of the eight, for one of the HBCU programs in the state of Texas. 
We'll give you some updates of what that looks like in some of the heavy hitters who's getting it done. There's a couple of players making some plays across the country at HBCUs from the state of Texas. Uh, we'll get that done, or those that are in Texas getting it done as well. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube is Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Dream big. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Horse? Mike? Lecture? Dismissed.